0: It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League ran fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing The NRL Tour. Here we are, Boxhead, and the grand final has been decided. It's the Battle of the West for the fourth time this season. Uh, It's not very often that we have a team that plays twice during the regular season, week one of the finals, and then meets again in the big dance. Two years in a row. Yeah, it was last year. year. I was trying to think back to another occasion. Um, I wondered, I didn't look at the draw today, because obviously it's going a bit back, but somebody at work, I said it to if it had been... Multiple times. Cowboys Tigers played week one in the old system.
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know if they played twice during that season.
1: Manly Roosters. As they well. got
0: back to one another. Roosters Manly, yeah, I'm pretty sure that would have been another one. So, um, big effort, obviously, for Parramatta to yeah. find their way back. Obviously, hasn't been a smooth ride. There's been no. plenty of drama and plenty of noise along the way, but uh, for Brad Arthur and his troops, it's a that's, great result.
1: That's unfortunately not alcohol.
0: Nah, it's a Cave Zero. Not even sugar. No, Dallas. Get a bit of that in you. But uh, outstanding by Parramatta to find their way back in, basically like we've said all year. He's realistically, uh, you know, the last chance before a bit of a turnover and a bit of a change at their club. um, Congratulations to Brad Arthur. And the Eels for the Penrith side, well, again, just as much congratulations has to go to them. Start the year without your halfback. Miss him for the last five games. More origin players, more representative round players than anybody. Have had an absolutely golden... He
1: missed missed actually half their games.
0: he? He missed 10 games.
1: Yeah, but he would have missed some with Origin, no?
0: Uh, I think when I looked, if you take it to the finals, I think well. he played 13 or 14 in the so season. I reckon he would have played 13 out so of... So he basically missed... He missed 11 games. Basically missed half of the year. Mm. But crazier enough again, and no, we know part of it is luck in terms of injuries. For a team that had so many representatives and had to use 32 players, I can't think of a side that's had a better run with injuries, which is awesome. Yeah. And May's the only one coming into this week under a cloud. I'm sure there's guys with other niggles, mm. etc., but... They won games early. They banked points. They managed the origin period. They won with their reserve grade team. They rested all those guys at the end. Like they, you know, they were far and away the dominant minor premiers. Mm. They were a little sluggish. Week one, banged it out in the second half. They started a little slow the other night. Yeah,
1: Sixteen games this year, so fourteen and two in the finals.
0: There you go. So you missed ten <clears> games, <throat> which is crazy to think that you know probably you've yeah, been,
1: missed none during the origin period. Your best so. player.
0: Sits ten games out and you still win 20 or 21 during the regular season Mm. outstanding effort by the club and probably to that point as we talk about the grand final obviously a huge weekend for Penrith in general they obviously won the under 18s or under 19s now as it is SG Ball Earlier in the year they won Jersey Flag the 21s a golden point comeback they were 12 down and then they won New South Wales Cup they made it a little bit probably harder than what they should have they had a few chances to sort of blow it out and take control full credit to the Bulldogs who had a great run through the final series and gave them all they could, but they've essentially won every grade except Howard Matthews this year and have the potential to win the NRL this year. Yeah. So they could close out four grades um, within two weeks, which would be outstanding. Yeah, not really surprised. No. Nah. <clears> that again, points to this situation if you're a Penrith fan, it doesn't mean that guys coming in and succeed as, as quickly as some of the guys they've had, but it's very nice to know that you've got guys pushing through at all levels. That's telling you that there's people coming up the rear in all positions regardless. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you can, like you said, have an there's a lot to be
1: taken out of it, actually, for not just Penrith, but for those two results that you mentioned. For Newcastle, that's huge. Yeah. To compete so well with Penrith at the 21s level tells you that there is, or well, there are some players that are going to push through and hopefully progress into New South Wales Cup and into first grade. And for the Bulldogs, it shows you that there are... You do have depth there, and there also is some hope that's going to obviously... Uh, fill in underneath the players that they're going to have to recruit.
0: We're still waiting for a few announcements, but I know Gus said we're going to have to fill the gaps in a little bit with our development. I know for a fact they took two very good kids off the Roosters in the last few weeks. Zach Montgomery, who we saw from the Central Coast, uh, moved up to play in their 21 system. He's a front-rower, back row. He's heading to the Bulldogs next year. And they're captain of their 18s team, I think, this year. Or he was maybe started in 18s or he started in flag. He played cup... For the Bears, Jacob Preston. So they've got two guys that are edge players or can play in middle, depending on how they develop coming over. And I'm still waiting for confirmation. They talked about him. He won the 21s competition on the weekend with the Townsville Blackhawks. He's in the system of the Cowboys, but is backlogged. Thomas Duffy, a halfback, who played very well on the weekend. So they're obviously trying to fill some needs in there through a gap in their development to obviously get some guys coming in. And then Khaled Rajud, who played on the weekend, is only a fleet kid in the New South Wales Cup in the half. So... Um, obviously, try to plug that up while they fix the pathway over there. So, good signs, like you said, Newcastle. I know, probably going back and going a bit off topic, but to be in the grand final for the 21s, a few of those kids played in their SG ball who also finished in the top four and got knocked out in the prelim. Shows, luckily for them, they do have some guys coming through. They just need to get them through to the NRL. Mm. So, uh, But, yeah, huge for Parramatta uh, to get back into a grand final. Their fans... Obviously waiting, as I've said it to you, the joke I told blokes at work that I called the Eels you, Brock, because they haven't won a comp for as long as you've been alive because you were born you were the Eels. So, huge opportunity for them. Yeah. And they're in our w team, crazy enough. Won one game and got in with a negative four and against and now in the grand final. They sure are, yeah. The Roosters, <laughs> <laughs> the Roosters undefeated got rolled. So, a uh, fair bit of madness on the weekend. Yeah, but fair bit going on. running through some of those other results before we break down the two... NRL games Queensland Cup North Devils who were obviously coached by Rowan Smith before he went over and took control of Leeds they went back to back huge effort by them 16-10 over the Dolphins um, they'd be a little bit disappointed I guess but heading into the NRL next year they not only featured in the Queensland Cup Grand Final but they featured in the 21s Grand Final uh, they were unable to win either of them but it at least shows that they've got some kids in their own system pushing through which is going to be desperately needed in the first few years for the Dolphins yeah um but, yeah, the Devils, huge effort by them. Lost a lot of guys this year, but, you know, some good efforts from Jack O'Hearn and a few of the guys that were there before. Um, they got Gamble and Roberts to come back down from Brisbane to help out the back end there, which certainly helped. But Lever Harpulu obviously played some NRL. Michael Seo, Kieran Mosley, Tony Tamusa, a lot of guys that have featured 20s, cup and NRL squads. Um, very late on, McGrady, who played at Penrith, scored the match winner, dislocated his elbow, so I don't think he's going to be available for the State Cup final. But, probably, again, credit to the guys that took over after Rowan Smith, but the position he left that club in before he headed to Leeds, who also featured in a grand final over the weekend, but unfortunately didn't get the result.
1: No. No, they didn't. But, uh, yeah, gave a good account of themselves. St. Helens were the favourites all year, so no surprise in the result. Uh, Leeds would be disappointed with the way they played, Mm. and, and fair enough as well, but... No, to come from where they came from, they, they were down 8 points with 10 to go in a game in the last round against Castleford. They had to win that to get in. So to win that and then to win two away games, particularly to beat Wigan at Wigan in a prelim was massive, uh, and to get beat by 12, there's no shame in that. I think from where he's where they were and where they've got to, an incredible coaching performance.
0: Yeah, like I said, his fingerprints all over what he left at there and the players that he... Had for a period of time. It's a great job and a good reflection and great result for him. Saints, huge credit for them, four in a row. Started with Holbrook, carried on by Christian Wolfe, who's obviously heading back to the Dolphins. Um, three competitions in a row for him. Yeah, Crazy. Yeah, um, they've rolled guys in and out. People have moved on, come back home, but um, they've obviously got Johnny Lomax. He's a fairly handy player. I think he got man of the match. Wellsby is the young player. Um, I think he scored the match winner the other year, didn't he, during COVID? Jack Wellsby. I don't know. I think I thought that was him. Maybe I was wrong. Um, he was outstanding obviously again this year, but overall, huge result for them. So Super League done. Queensland Cup done, like I said, the twenty ones, their version, flag up there. The Blackhawks won forty six thirty two. So, you know, good for the Dolphins. Now they've got guys pushing through, but awesome for the Cowboys, who had a huge year this year, blooded a lot of kids. They had eleven contracted players in that team. Mm. So they've got another good group coming through, which is obviously great for them. Uh, 46-32. Defense wasn't exactly outstanding, but both the centers, uh, both the halves, fullback, couple of forwards, the wingers, had a lot of guys there. Duffy the seven, as I talked about, I think he's moving on, but um, Burke the six, Labert and Lip the centers. Tom Chester, who got upgraded first grade this year, plays halves, fullback. They've got a lot of good kids, so positives to them. Um, Cup, like we said, Penrith won against the Dogs. No surprise there, that team. It was pretty stacked, but the dogs certainly didn't go away. Brian Wakeham and uh, Jackson Topine certainly had a big hand in things for them, but Penrith, Sony Luke, Taruva, a lot of those guys, Hopgood that played first grade, very dominant in their flag team, what like we talked about as well, extra time. Tell you what, I was impressed by some of their SG ball kids. Obviously, SG hasn't been really shown as much. Well, there's not as much video uh, available, but there was five or six guys that pushed up and finished the year and flagged there, so to win both competitions is pretty outstanding. Mm. Um, but the fullback in the end, he was like a Dylan Edwards clone, Liam Ison. Yeah. I watched the video. Yeah, yeah I, just, I didn't
1: see the game.
0: I only saw the back end, but the, some of the runs and the energy he had at the back end when everyone was cooked in extra time, he, it was literally like watching Edwards. He was just still motoring. And obviously, Katoa, who's moving to the Dolphins to play first grade, he iced the result. Well, there's
1: no surprise that they were struggling to make the finals, and then Katoa comes in and they win the comp. That mm. shows you how good of a player Katoa is.
0: mm he had, uh, he's yeah, going to be uh, he's going to be part. a good
1: pickup for the Dolphins provided that he can progress into first grade again. A lot of people just think well, he's a superstar, he's killing twenties and eighteens, but it's a different story playing in NRL footy. So yeah, how he goes.
0: It's going to be different developing in that pathway
1: under you know in a side which doesn't look like they're going to they're going to set the world on fire in the next couple of years.
0: No, and you'd think their cup side wouldn't be as strong because they've had to upgrade three or four of <laughs> those guys to fill sort of their thirty, and they still got to fill that six or seven spots. Oh, so, they yeah, they're
1: not short on cash. So. It's
0: definitely going to take away. But, yeah, Liam Ison, Sam Lane, um, John Segaga, Riley Smith, a lot of these guys pushed up. And then the Puru Twins, who both played a lot of cup this year, Hohepa the lock, he got man of the match. Um, but they all had a big save. But for Newcastle, again, the back rower, Thomas Cant, the captain, Oren Keely, who didn't play, who we saw earlier in the year, get his debut. Two really good back rows are coming through for them. Sharp, the fullback, looked like a Papanhousen clone with that filthy mullet. Um, Max Bradbury played New South Wales 19 as front rail, So hopefully, fingers crossed for Newcastle, some of those guys do push through. So it looks like there's some good talent there for them. Um, and then our to finish off, uh, as we said, obviously the Roosters was a big upset. Parramatta snuck in with one win and negative four and against, rolled them quite comfortably. The Roosters, I couldn't believe it. Um, important game, but errors and bombed opportunities and Parramatta just come home over the top. Obviously, that the half-pressed and had an absolute blinder. Gail Broughton, who we obviously seen a little bit at Mounties, who came over. She was good. Cherrington, a couple of their forwards were really, really good. Quinlan had a big game. And Samoyama, no surprise there. But, yeah, just, the Roosters just shell-shocked, really. Undefeated and then no grand final. Last year, they come with a late run. Maybe Parramatta does that this year. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I didn't see that game either. I was that yeah. all day yesterday? So,
0: but I didn't see it. The flip side, back to back weeks they played each other. Knights Dragons. It was a blowout. Uh, Newcastle who ran for the spoon. I'm pretty sure last year, dominant and no surprise with the purchases they made. Tamika Upton, the fullback from Brisbane. Millie Boyle, uh, Caitlin Johnston, who was awesome for New South Wales this year. They were really really dominant and the young halfback that everyone's talking about. I'm pretty sure it's Hannah Southwell's sister Jessie. Only 17 playing at the halves, but. You know, for the Dragons, Wheeler tried hard. Tonagato had a couple errors but busted the backside, but they were convincingly beaten. So was expecting Knights, Roosters, but we've got Newcastle, Parramatta. So uh, sure, Parramatta are staked there in both grades, but I'll I'd, I'd be leaning Newcastle's way in that one. But there you go. Coming into this week, NRLW, uh, Knights, Eels, State Cup. We've got the Panthers versus the Devils and the NRL Panthers versus Parramatta. It is the Battle of the West, Uh, This show obviously brought to you by bluebet.com.au if you're going to have a bet with Make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. Uh, No win on the charity, unfortunately. We went with Sean Lane for one of the tries. He was obviously outstanding in the second half. He set one up and plenty of second phase and offloads, but no meat pie. In the second game, we took a hefty line on Penrith uh, they ended up covering 20 points, but not the 23 and a half we're after. Well,
1: they should have covered it because the Stephen Crichton no-trial was a complete joke.
0: Well, that one, I thought the Luai well, one that The passed... I one
1: was a joke. The, a couple of the calls in that game were diabolical.
0: And that, uh, Mind you, they're a bit disappointed that when you get 15, 17 minutes, whatever they had with 12 on the field, I thought what well,
1: would... Why would've... would they care, though? Why no, I know they
0: would care? care, but I thought they would have popped them a few more times. Oh, so please. They're, they're looking at the grand final. Unfortunately, no extra cash into the charity camp for the Bears of Hope, but hopefully we can get something... This week, and for the NRL Grand Final, back either the Panthers or the Eels head-to-head, and if they lead by six or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner, up to $100 in winnings. Lead by six at halftime. You win terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Big thanks again to bluebet.com.au. In our power rankings, brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. I went back and listened to <coughs> see where we at. You obviously remembered yours. Penrith and the Eels were your one and two. So you know that. I listened to mine. I had Panthers one, Eels three. So we were pretty close in terms of who we thought would get back to the grand Who did have too? Uh, I had the Sharks because I thought if they won week one, having the prelim would certainly be doing yeah. a good service. But I said if mm. anyone could get back through, Parramatta would, and that's why I had them at three. Didn't really have a lot of confidence, but they proved me wrong. So good on them. We are pretty close on that one. Just remember, if you're looking for solar, there's no one better then Penrith Solar Center, visit the website today or call 180-202930 20, to talk to Jake and the crew there. Uh, let's review these games. So, Eels 24-20 over the Cowboys. This one was crazy to me. Um, in terms of lineups, Cowboys, no surprises, one to 17. The Eels were we'll waiting to see what happened. Bailey Simonson did come in uh for Opachek. I thought he'd flip. Him and Waka Blake, he he obviously stuck with Wanga on the wing. Uh, Bailey in the centres. I thought Bailey did a really good job, considering. Um, And no surprises, they flipped Murata in and Madison back to the bench and Cartwright replaced Makatoa. Only a short stint for him, unfortunately, come up with an error, but limited minutes, really. They stuck with what you'd generally expect for them, which was a heavy rotation with the other two guys and playing big minutes with their middles. But the first half, honestly, um, yeah, I just... Really thought that nothing else could have gone worse in in terms of their errors, how they' were playing. you know I thought the Cowboys signaled their intent from from the first set. they rolled seventy meters, they shifted off the kickoff straight around the outside of them. they were they were a tad rattled. I think the only thing that was sort of keeping them afloat early on was the cowboys gave away a couple of penalties to help them out of yardage, but their completion rate was horrendous. Um, they kept dropping the football. They looked fairly rattled um, but probably the biggest upside you can give after the half that they endured where they conceded 50 tackles in their own half, 20 plus inside 20, is they only conceded twice and I thought they saved a heap. And watching it on sort of a quick replay, it's not really in the character of Parramatta <laughs> this year to go back-to-back and defend sets and scramble well and, and hold on and I thought they did that.
1: Yeah, but this is why the whole year we've been saying let's just see what they do in September, I think. They've been warming to these games. They've known these games are coming. The big challenge was getting that second bite of the cherry, which they fortunately, I think, for them obtained with you know some late wins and some losses from Melbourne. Uh, and, yeah, the game on the weekend was... Again, I don't know what to make of this game because I watched... I watched Paramount and Cowboys and then I watched South Penrith and I thought there was a a fairly different not only style of game but just class of game. I, I really felt like the Penrith South game was um, a higher quality than what Cowboys Eels was, which yeah concerns me a little bit if I'm an Eels fan for this weekend. That's my gut feel. That was that was watching it. That was just through you know my eyes. That's what I saw. Paramount, like you said, scrambled really, really well. They completed it, what, 50% in the first half? Was, half-time,
0: it, they were... Really, if
1: they're playing Penrith first 55, half...
0: 55, and then the second half, I don't think they made an error. They though. would
1: have been down by 18 at half-time at least. They
0: were 12 from 12 at one stage, and I think they dropped you it. Know. I think they got to the end high 70, so a huge turnaround. Yeah, but I get that. The Penrith but or someone else probably They need to be good
1: across 80. Like, And then them. you look at Penrith South, and so we're going to get to that, but... The half of football that South had on Penrith, first half, and they went in at 12-all.
0: Yeah. Two so, completely, like you said, different yeah. things. So, um, I think, yeah, for looking at them, probably the, the, the thing early on when it just felt like for the start, Cowboys were punching them in the mouth, really front loaded as we expected off those kicks, got stuck in on yardage, really trapped them. Those few get-out penalties hurt, and then obviously, and as Lee admitted, as much as what everyone thought, that Mitchell Moses' scream was on play, five throws, a forward pass. Yeah, it was clear as day. You made, obviously, the point, they still had to make the tackle, they all sort of stopped, but how they didn't get called in a game like that, I know on replay, a lot of people going, what was yeah, it? Yeah, but that doesn't make the call right. No, like, I do I, mean. don't,
1: I don't want to, I'm not excusing it's the not pass. A, it's
0: not as bad, but that does But you still should go right.
1: in and fold in and make the tackle, yeah,
0: yeah. but... But also the right. to hear Gray Mendesley go, yeah, well, it wasn't as bad. It's like doesn't matter how bad it is. It's well, it could
1: forward. be a centimetre or you know and in 10 metres, metres.
0: It's still four. Again, where a try was the difference mm. early on. We don't know how the game pans out because it happened early, but it's still four points or six points they shouldn't have got. Of course. So Cowboys angry, but then again, a lot of people highlighting to the Cowboys who got the result against the Tigers earlier. in the year. It's obviously not a finals game, but wins uh, are wins yeah, and losses yeah. are losses. Can't... I think look, people are drawing a bit of a long bow there. to go, oh, well, yeah. you've forgotten about that. It's like, well.
1: Yeah, massive. Yeah, number.
0: huge result, but that sort of I think neutralised things for the eels a bit. They looked a bit flustered and a bit overwhelmed early on, but getting that sort of got them into the groove of things. Um, you know, after that they seemed to settle in a little bit more. Jason Tamalolo was just a heat-seeking miss off Isaiah Papali. I reckon he got about three head knocks off him. Mm. He got him once early. He ran over him a couple of more times. How he didn't go earlier for a HIA despite the hit later on in the half, which has obviously led to the sin bin, was beyond me because he was rattled much other than that. But it probably proves the point that we talk about all the the time. When they get into these finals games, things sort of go out the window or things get a bit looser in that regard, obviously. I think Cameron Murray's had multiple knocks across the finals and has probably only gone off once. Yeah. So different games, different circumstances, higher stakes. Also have to say on that Tomololo one, I know he had multiple charges, but I reckon if they got through that he would have got a grade one. And they would have made sure he got to play. I think the fact that he's out and eliminated, that it was very easy for them to whack him with a grade two or whatever and hit him with three games. We'll never know. I don't think they would have hit him that hard. but We'll never know. um, That was obviously a big turning point. But full credit to Parramatta. I thought they managed that period pretty well um, with the sin bin. To be honest, it obviously ended up leading to them, I think conceding once during that period. They got back-to-back. Sets off that uh, straight away. They got to that spot we were talking about in our preview, that half-back row spot, and Chad Townsend just sort of panicked. They didn't really need him to come in, but he jumped in front of his back row Madison, he's obviously got the great hands, tips outside that space, Henrique and Regan Campbell Gillard grabbed what would be the first of two tries, and an outstanding performance for him. But 12-6 with the Sinbin, you really felt like, okay, considering all they've been through, um, you know, they're right back in this. But full credit to the Cowboys again. They get... An error not long after. Wunger Blake. Uh, obviously come up with one. Or actually, no, I think I've got the wrong one here. But they just obviously flip things around. Leilua comes on and come up with a, a bit of a short side play there. Another bit of controversy. I know Moses claimed he was held. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought he knew. He was
1: held, the play before.
0: I still think he it was, it. It
1: was held and pushed over and it should have been a penalty. But it shouldn't have been a penalty. The trial shouldn't have been disallowed because it happened to play before. Mm. So once the touches and the referee allowed that play, on the ball to happen, then it was yeah, it was dead in the water. Uh, mm. They still should have solved the play on the short side. But yeah, he he held him and pushed him over, which was illegal. But solve the, again, solve the play.
0: Yeah, and that come again. Like I said, they scored points parameter and shot themselves in the foot again. Reed Marnie throws the forward pass. They stop to argue play three. Then they've had another error, which obviously led to that try. But um, you know, I also give some credit to Robson there, who showed open, jumped back down there, and sort of sold that for the pass. But, you know, back into the half there, they jagged a penalty goal to get things back to even before half time. But there was multiple instances on watching that in replay. Guffson covered up a couple of times, then I got to the outsider on one Bailey Simonson holds on. Like parent Matter really probably should have copped at least another two or three tries in that first half. So considering all things heading half halftime, what we just talked about, with 55% completion rate, the errors, everything that sort of went against them, and then 50 tackles inside 50, 20 inside the 20 for the Cowboys, to be 12 all was outstanding. Yeah. And then, obviously, we go to the second half, and it just completely flips. Um, you look at things and go, first time they got a bit of a set-for-set for, set for the game for the start, they kind of went back and forth, and it felt like they were getting on top, and then there was that penalty for the hair pull after probably eight minutes, which released the pressure. And straight after that, as say if fills it under the pump after they defend back-to-back sets, get a penalty goal to go 14-12, and then instantly they concede again. Uh, they shift early, play one, get like 30 meters upfield. Gilbert, similar, those short tips through the middle. Neem and and backs up and off the back of it. They jump a short side where they, they didn't even really have numbers. They were men on. But they got Penasini sort of tight, on the inside there, throw an ice ball, in the out and drink water does. And Val Holmes, that pass was a cracker, to sort of stop and prop and hit to a to go in and hits the one from the sideline at 2012 eight ahead with about 25 to go, whatever it was. You sort of thought the fact they've gone bang bang, Parramatta's still sort of in, in a bit of a daze. Um, Everything sort of going the Cowboys way. You think you'd ride that that wave home, but unfortunately there was another turning point to come, and that was the pass out of yardage. Where I think it might have been Drinkwater again, who sort of popped up on a short side play for, and the ball ends up in Sean Lane's hands, and from there, matter sort of just went on a bit of a run. They terrorized him. Uh, second phase was a big part again. Lane himself had an absolute blinder, ended up popping three or four offloads. Madison come up with a couple. Campbell Gillard's reintroduction, he was huge again. And they, they just started to slowly kill him off with second phase and second efforts. I think they had eight, nine to 10 offloads in the second half, which really broke them down and took the petrol out of it. And to the Cowboys' credit, I thought they were really good in most instances, but the, the two things that will haunt you is looking at a front row scoring twice so easily. And in particular, the second one, which was literally standing on the line. The A and B defenders are really tight. McLean is there and the pass is just outside McLean. Tummel, oh, there was a C defender. There was a huge gap. And Regan basically went in, barely getting slapped, which hurt. It hurt big. Yeah. Um. That that moment there really really surprised me. And they I just
1: they found a, a lot of things, well a lot of holes just through short passes, pushing and short passes. So that was trying to get at that three four man space which we spoke about, and they they did it in a different way. They didn't do it through. A long pass to the half to no, a short pass to a back rower. They the just forwards. did little, yeah, little interchanges of passes through the middle of the field. I thought it was good coaching, well executed. They popped them on multiple occasions. They, they made line breaks probably on three or four, yeah, occasions where they didn't score. Four. Just through nice little interchanges of passes. I thought it was Madison. some really good play from Parramatta.
0: I thought Madison had a really underrated role in everything. I know Lane got a lot of plaudits and Kim McGill was outstanding as well. But I thought Madison was outstanding. Mm. He sort of really orchestrated a lot of that through there. Had three offloads of his own and carried really well, defended well. But obviously in the chain link passing, comes up with a decision for the Reg and Campbell Guard first one. A couple of the tips some of the short interchanges where they sort of punched holes through them. Um, Moses in the second half, after having a pretty ordinary first half, in particular where he kicked those two out in the full, he had his radar on big second half. When they were winning that possession in territory battle, he was just dropping those kicks on a dime inside 10 every single time. Yeah. They did a much better job in sort of slowing up the Cowboys there, who, who do a good job as we talk about getting out of yardage. But uh, I think another big moment that come not so long after, uh, they obviously find themselves just behind on the back of that. But I think it was, was it Felt? They got a penalty. Moses misses. Mirada comes up an offload. Similar deal again. Campbell Gowd, all the, the usual suspects, and it's Batman Lane. Again, who runs at Chad, who had a nightmare in the second half trying to deal with him, throws a, a pass. Felt just misses the intercept. Sivo goes in 24-20, and then not long after that, after having to back up and defend a couple of sets after being under pressure, and then having it all unle- un- released after they cycled well, got a drop out, and look, like they're putting pressure on the Cowboys. Come up with a huge play to get the short drop out through Hiku. They get a six again. There's a couple of saves of, of Parramatta scrambling. And then the huge play at the end of that was the shift play. It looks like Felt's going to make it to the corner and Sivo just gets enough to put him out. Mm. So off the back of a good period there and feeling like the, the, the Cowboys were coming for That's the for Felt
1: him. one where he stepped, actually stepped out before yeah, Sivo got it there. but took
0: just enough mm. to make sure that was probably going to go. That was with about eight minutes to go. Um, and then you finish off from there. They obviously end up closing out. They They have to scramble. Multiple times, they have to back up, like I said, for a couple of repeat sets. They were 12 from 12. They completely flipped, like we said, what they were going to do. Townsend had a really smart play from dummy half where he got Madison, which got him a penalty and brought him down in the yardage. Drinkwater, cut inside, and I think Bailey Simonson got a bit of him, and Gutherson again covered up. Six again, they had three sets in a row. And then Chad, after coming up with a very smart play, had a bit of a brain fade. He saw space in behind because the line was up. He wanted to kick for Felt, but Lane again. Huge play knocks it down and Dylan Brown gets the ball. Yeah. Um, and they had one last chance in the last mm-hmm. set. They had a six six tackle set, three one outs. I thought this is going nowhere. They i up getting two coast to coast shifts and getting down there and having a crack at him, and unfortunately, and then I spilled the football. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, they had their chances, the Cowboys. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: think Big in, time. in the end, when you got the eight point lead and things mm-hmm. are going good. I didn't expect that Sean Lane moment to be such a big turning point, but it ended up being one. Mm. And even when Moses misses that goal, they obviously score another easy front row try off the back of it like we spoke about. And the Sean Lane one was just individual brilliance, but they found a lot of love, like you said, through the forwards, interchange passing, the pop 10 offloads in the second half. They're at the back end of the game where they had some gluts of possession with Moses' kicking game really turning. But their, their forward pack was incredible. Their middles again, their edges, even Papali Parley with field, those head knocks had a really good game. Gutherson, like we said, needed to be busy. Like Reid missed a lot of tackles, but he also made 58. was super busy. Um, as a collective, it was a huge second-half turnaround. Yeah, it was. But for the Cowboys, I guess, it, it's always hard when you lose. But to get where they have with the expectation they had on this year, probably the hard thing is there will be expectations now, but they're young. And I, I think off the top of my head, the only guy who's moving on is Tom Gilbert. Mm. They get Lukey back from injury, who's great. Lucci's going to be better for a full off season there for him, and all these. There's a lot of young guys there who played their first rip football, their first finals. They're going to be better for another preseason. You think they're going to be outstanding next year? But that one hurts because when they got eight clear, and you're sort of in control, and you got your home final, and you got your crowd there, and things are really going your way. Um, Parramatta obviously did a really good job to turn around, but the re- reviewing those front row tries, I think, would kill them because they they're two very easy solves. Chad Jamming was just simple maths with 12 for Madison to tip that ball on. And then the second one, to have such a disconnect and that amount of space between your B and C on your line, uh, they should have been much tighter. Yeah, definitely. So that really hurts. But, you know, full credit to Parramatta. 57% turned around to 75-plus, I think, second half. I don't think they made an error, like I said. Go from a handful of offloads to eight or nine. Lane, Campbell, Gillard, Madison, huge. they pack in general. Gufferson a lot of clean up work. Halves, like we said, Brown was a little bit quiet, but just kept feeding Lane, did his job. But Moses King game second half for the Cowboys. I thought Holmes had a lot of good moments. Hiku's yardage work was insane. Drinky it was good. Ruben Cotter was outstanding. As, his
1: footwork really caused Parramatta's middle. Yeah,
0: that try they conceded for him to score the first one was poor, but he was he was brilliant. I I really think he should be going to the World Cup with the lack of middles we've got. Different sort of forward pack, obviously this time around, but i I'd have him there. Tamalolo, that that sin been hurt, but he was brilliant otherwise. And, um, yeah, I think Nano and a couple other guys had pretty good contributions, Lucci off the bench. But in the end, season over, unfortunately, for them. And, and Parramatta are moving on, so they've done it the long way. Uh, they've responded, like we said, to a lot of criticism and probably...
1: Yeah, well, they also travelled up. They played away from home. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of things that were in the Cowboys' favour...
0: And I think another rap they They're not going
1: to have to overcome this week.
0: To Mitchell Moses, he, he lost his nan during the week. He had to make the decision to miss the birth of his first child. He watched that yeah. on FaceTime a few hours before kickoff. Tough gig. Um, you know, a lot of emotion there. And like, all these
1: people saying, oh, he's a professional footballer. Well, yeah, okay, cool. So would you miss the birth of your child for your work? I would say in ninety nine point nine percent of industries, there's no way that would happen.
0: No fucking way would I go to work to miss the birth of my there child. There you go. But if and I was, if I was a footballer, it was, to play it's in the brilliant. ultimate
1: sacrifice. His first child, and I think, I think the bigger rap needs to go to his wife, who delivered. I'm sure she would have had support, family, friends there, but she didn't have a partner there. No. My wife said to me, just like that would have been significantly hard, like really, really difficult. So, yeah, for him to he didn't play his best game but he certainly had a positive influence on the, on the outcome I thought particularly in the second half mm. yeah there's a lot of a lot of things that he's overcome and you'll probably find he'll play a really really good game this week because he'll come home and be relaxed and
0: happy yeah. um I'm sure it's, again a lot, it's funny how the a lot cycle, easier week the cycle of life is at times isn't it like he loses his grandma who um, they said he was really close with and we can attest that. We lost both our ends this year. We super close with, but in the same token, you know, you, you lose a loved one and then a new life comes in. It's your own child. So, yeah, swell of emotions. He's also a guy that's been heavily criticised. He's finally got him to a grand final. Whether he wins or not is a different story. It It's he, a he, team sport. Exactly, but I'm saying he's there and it's just – it's a huge week. So, I'm sure for him it'll be all positives this week yeah. um, and be able to enjoy all that and hopefully, like you said, play a good game and – you know, who knows? I hope he kills it. He might be the one that finally gets to end this curse and all the, you know, talk around Parramatta Sevens and the club in general waiting 36 years for a premiership. You never know. Yeah. They've gone the hard way, so it's not that they're not battle hard and ready for it. But yeah, for the Cowboys, we'll uh, review their season after we talk about those games. But I guess, yeah, a lot of key points we brought up for both sides ended up being the case. But yeah, their, their forward pack stood tall. Campbell Gillard, again, I know I don't want to keep harping on it, but at the time, how the fuck he didn't play Origin? I don't know all the talking or the bullshit around it, but Freddie Fittler just should have sorted out whatever that was. He he should have been playing for us, and with the well, guys, I
1: was the heaviest on that. Oh, I couldn't believe that he wasn't playing.
0: No, I was with you the whole way. I couldn't yeah, believe he was there well, either. It's not an ja-
1: argument about Jacobs, who was who Jacobs said Jacob it. Cefiti fucking That's played. ridiculous.
0: That's more absolutely absolutely ridiculous. It was, yeah, it was very obvious what should have happened, mm. but he'll be one of the first ones in the World Cup squad. Well, you'd hope so. Well, with what we're missing, I don't see how you couldn't like. It's, yeah, he has to be going to the World you, Cup. You,
1: you would hope so.
0: Has to be. Um, we'll leave that one behind. Uh, in terms of health for these two teams, obviously the Cowboys is not such a factor, but Tom Malolo, three weeks, he'll serve that during the World Cup. He said today that he doesn't agree that what's something he did in the NRL should cost him games in the international arena, which obviously there's been a lot of cans of worms open after the Taylor May situation and different scenarios, but um, looks like he'll miss all the pool games health for them I guess the only question this week is do they stick with Cartwright like he still didn't go with Brown there's been a lot of talk about that Makato has been mainly on the bench for him but played limited minister in the year um, didn't go with him he was 18th his son I don't, anyone that talks about this week he's going to stick with him he stuck with him all year. he's going to do it again mm. um, but the question I guess the only one really is if Opacek's healthy does he play or do you stick with Simonson
1: no I think Opacek plays
0: there you go um, I think
1: Opacek definitely
0: plays so we'll move on to the second game, the panthers South game. Probably a little less complicated, but cracker crowd in for this one too. They had 50,000 at a I guess this one was just a bit of a slow slow burn for Penrith, and no surprise for South. They come full of emotion, revved up at the start, gave their absolute best. Uh, I didn't like the fact that Penrith started with Kenny again. I know, again,
1: <laughs> well,
0: yeah. a lot we talked about, and they justified after. Mm. A lot of people said he did a good job, Defensively, he, he does a fine job. But in attack, he is not even fucking close to Arpi Corusau. He picks the ball up off the deck. He leaves dummy half. He got caught with it. He threw a couple absolute shockers. Things just don't flow as well. That even affects Yo. Yo is massively affected when he's there at dummy half compared to uh, Arpi. Of
1: course it does. Huh?
0: Um, it's just a flowing effect. effect. Again, I, I think it just proves the point again about how big a loss Arpi's going to be and the impact he made when he came on. But for South, naturally, Haveli and Johnston were ruled out Jed Cartwright came onto the bench and and Richie Kenner come on for only his second game. But um, they did probably what you'd expect, being a little bit short and missing some guys. They started red hot. They loaded up. Their line speed was great. They got to Nathan early a few times. Cameron Murray was outstanding um, for the whole 80, but particularly early. They really moved the point of attack. They shifted to the ruck. His tip-ons, they punched their nose through a few times. And I, I thought early doors in particular, they did a really good job on the back three. Obviously it's hard to pick when they've got their full back three, but particularly Dill and Toto early they got stuck into and Staines obviously isn't as physical or much to handle. But um, you know, Penrith to their credit defended a couple of back to back sets. Ilias come up with a nice kick and, and built some pressure and he had a lot of time and um, you know, early doors they fired a shot the troll through that forward <laughs> pass and Kalama Tangi basically told him, like, Fuck mate, play short, like they they're, they're going hard on the inside of their slide, and they're leaving spaces here, but uh, that that was probably the story his night. And a bit too pass-happy, didn't get the physical sort of player that we wanted, and Leota certainly let him know where he was when he whacked him on the flip side, but yeah, it just sort of felt um, that nothing was going to go their way. The first try was the no try for, for Tago. They had that bounce off the kick, and I he did grab him, um, so that one was fair enough, but good ball, not too long after that. You get Murray again with an outstanding play. The ball, Cook drifts across cost and it's a knockdown that leads to Cody Walker, which full credit to him, you got to be there to take advantage of that play, but yeah, there, there was multiple of those to come after that. They have a couple of, a player one error, then Penrith stuff it up, Kenny has an ordinary pass and gets caught with a footy. Um, they just sort of went through a couple of little moments like that where they, they're shifting and the ball's hitting the ground and Things aren't quite working out. And then Souths, again, set play. Nice shift. Tass comes up with a really nice play. Stange jams in. He doesn't come up with the ball. The man and a nice one uh, offload there gets to 12-0. And it's at that exact point where the game changes. At mm. 12-zip, looking clunky. Coruscant's injected and, and things just sort of flip from there. They obviously start surging a bit more for the middle. Yo gets more involved. Their middles certainly make a difference. And I thought they as well. Off the bench really ramps up. They get an error off Milne, which led to the the second no try. That one was a crock shit to me to come up with an obstruction in broken play. When yeah, it was horrible. Like fuck, he threw a twenty meter lob pass with no one within five meters. Like that, that's it's not a set line. It's it's not the same deal to to go that deep into it and get anyone on a technicality. I thought that was fucking horrendous. If I'm being you know completely intentional, See us come up with a good good challenge and again. You sort of looking at it, going, nothing is really nothing has gone their way. When's something going to go their way? But uh, you know they're always going to be there. But again, Cook forward pass, Nathan builds some pressure, gets some repeats. They get a drop out, which leads to the third no try, where you know that angle looks like Tago touches it forward, and you're just like far out. But at the back end, things finally finally pay off. That bench, as we said, huge impact. South. Have another error. Len Yu just outstanding. Comes up with a great carry off the back of that. Kicker has a run. Gets three or four involved. Arpi rolls out. And he's got Selle with his back turn. And Latrell, who they really exposed, caught the line. He turns him inside out before he slides over. With four left, Arpy comes up with that error. But then, unfortunately, after the shift play, no one else to blame but Campbell Graham, who drops it cold on his shift play. Toto did outstandingly well because he certainly didn't have the wheels. But essentially threw Cody Walker into the pathway of Cook Helios. They all tripped over yeah. one another. So to go into half-time and go, look, we've thrown the ball on the ground. Luai's kicked one for seven tackles, thrown one on the ground. Kenny's got caught with it, chucked one. Nathan hasn't really kicked that well. He's thrown a few on the ground. Like We've had an absolute fucking barrier. we had three no-tries, one yeah. that should have been a try, and we're 12 all. Like Seous fired yeah, taking it every day of the week. Yeah. Seous fired all their bullets. They're missing Burgess and a couple of middles. They've gone hard early. It was always going to come back to catch up with them. But that those two on halftime time really hurt. At that point there, I just thought this is not going to be pretty. Yeah. I thought it would have got ugly than what it did, but um, you know, it, it certainly wasn't much an event in the second half. Penrith come out and again, straight away, they roll the full field. I thought Crichton had a chance to sort of pass first set, didn't, and then Nathan drops it, but it didn't take too long after that. Kick-out's charge down, which is something he's become really, really good at. Leads to Nathan doing the first of three times they exposed Latrell. Latrell's midfield caught the line. Dinks one through for Lenu, and surprise, surprise, can't Murray. He was there to try and stop it, but um, to no avail. They start to ramp up the yardage game again as South started to get more tired and had to rely on those guys for huge minutes. Back-to-back sets, dropouts, they... They just really started to turn and twist the screws and off the back of that. I think Edwards off the back of all that pressure and no points had like a 40-meter kick return. They were starting to get a bit sloppy and that, that cycle was just relentless and we talked about it in the preview. They obviously like set starts, put the ball out, tap scrums, all that sort of thing. pennerford just fucking relentless. Well, like they kick. got
1: they got that type of game in the first half yeah, and
0: didn't in the second didn't half. Didn't in the second <laughs> half. And as, as things like we said got further and further, they just grilled them. Um Latrell's caught again in the middle of the field, play four. Nice little shift play. Lui spots it, rolls another one in for Tago. Just absolutely grilling them. They flipped the field 100 metres on the back of that. Arrows groins busted. Like we said, Murray's already hurting. has played big minutes he's got injury. And they were talking about, you know, Latrell coming in after the game now with a needle, but he wasn't playing physical. They obviously did a bit of a, a bit of a job on him. Ilias sort of come up with one little bit there where they got. A little bit of pressure, um, but they turned it over. That handcuffed penalty, flipped it again, and just rolled upfield. And then Lenyu, that moment where he just mowed through the middle of Nicaragua, who was fresh on the field. And then Milne, who's just he's got some stupid plays in him. He's really taken advantage of the guy that was at the Roosters as a junior Kiwi centre winger. Obviously, had to get a long way of the mountain, had some indiscretions, finds his way in because he's certainly a talented footballer, but he's got to get the shit out of his game. Because it wasn't even close to a tackle. Yeah, It was a jumping, was, like, it, swinging arm. Yeah. It was fucking dumb.
1: <clears throat> agree, it wasn't good.
0: Um, the incident after, I know a lot of people weren't happy about it. Like Len, you obviously wasn't very happy about what happened. But yeah, it was already sort of spelled after that period of dominance. But at 24-12, the man sent off. It, yeah. was, it was done. They kick a penalty goal. They cycle through them again and get some repeats and get some pressure. Don't come up with the points that we're talking about. There was the, the wrong call on that no try. It wasn't good man. Just Stephen Crichton, but overall, um, uh, for poor South twelve zip they would've had some hope, but it all just sort of come tumbling apart and I didn't sort of say it before, I probably should now. I thought both losing coaches spoke outstandingly well. They I looked did. at Demetrio's press mm. conference was great and I really loved the line, like he said as a, as a competitor, like you know, as a competitor you really want to hate like who you're playing, but you just you gotta have nothing but respect for Penrith and what yeah. they did, though. Like, he was bang on and I also agree with your summation again about sort of running out of troops. I didn't think it was an excuse that they weren't, the reason they didn't win, but they really were struggling coming into that game um, in terms of putting their best team on the field or being competitive. And, uh, they come out early, like we said, and tried to fight all their bullets, but it just shows the quality of Penrith. Penrith not only absorbed that, but re- reeled it in in no time and didn't really have to get out I thought, of the or i described
1: Penrith's performance as mature.
0: Yeah.
1: Very, very mature.
0: I totally agree with you. Um, But for Souths, again, I think, outstanding year considering what they've dealt with and and the changeover. And in that game, uh, Murray, again, just continues to impress me in terms of his leadership and the way he plays. He's come on leaps and bounds. They found some good players, obviously, like we said. Tass did a good job, thought he was pretty good the other night. At I thought, kicked pretty well considering. um, Nichols in his last role to Tola. Kalama Tungy again. um, mean Campbell Graham to play the last month or so with Broken Ribs. I know he had that error, but... Certainly didn't show at the task. That's for sure. No. I didn't. think uh, those forwards and probably, like I said, Ilyas's kicking was, you know, sort of highlights that I thought if anything they were sort of let down by their other key players. I wanted the trial to be more physical. It's come out after the fact they were saying he was needled. Again, I sort of thought just very pass happy, led to a couple of errors. Didn't really want to get involved in. The thick of it all, Cook come up with a couple of key errors, and Cody, obviously, generally, um, you know, quite emotionally jumped on that one try, but same deal, got a bit flustered, so wasn't ideal. But the season's done, unfortunately. Right. South five prelims and I was huge, but Demetrio for year one, that's that's awesome. Man. Penrith now three grand finals in a row. The first one behind uh, against Melbourne with half a crowd, they unfortunately lost. Then they had to go to Brisbane last year, win with it with a busted team. They're coming in here flying healthy um, May will get until mm. Wednesday or Thursday they said they want to make a decision earlier they don't want to drag it out during the week so realistically they're coming in, in very very good shape Definitely. Um, yeah. and if they win two out of three straight grand finals with three minor premierships is it or two minor premierships that's, that's a hell of a period True, I think. for any team yeah, it, it, it took it 20 is. years or so to get back to back premiers again the NRL era if they can come up with that
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Such a young side in particular because, you know, there's not many veterans in this team. Um, That would be probably an even bigger achievement, I think, for a side of this age. Yeah. So, huge opportunity. and Like I said, full credit has to go to them. 32 players Mm -hmm. used this year, as many as anyone in the comp, heaviest representation Mm -hmm. in origin internationals and your best player your halfback played fourteen games. Yeah. And you won twenty one games during the year. It's fucking ridiculous. And then to win all those grades that we spoke about, it's a credit to the club. Um they're in a fantastic position. Yeah. Moving forward. And while they may not exactly be a premiership threat or you'll be a top four threat or you'll always be around there to know what's coming through. It's just a matter of making the right decisions about who stays and who goes with the players you've got. Um you know, this should really, like, with no no shits or giggles, and we've said this a million times, with the juniors you've got there, if you do the right thing, they should never not be in the top eight, but they should never not be sort of around the four, in my opinion, mm. if you do the right thing with your pathways. Yeah. Because no one else has more juniors and a better set, if it's handled right, which it has been in the more recent years. But if they keep this pipeline coming, success will come in leaps and bounds in all grades for a long time. And it should be that way permanently for Penrith path when the pathway is flowing, it's not always going to guarantee premierships, but you should be guaranteed finals football. mm. They should never not be in the finals. mm.
1: But, yeah, you could make that argument and say that every club should be run that way. Yeah, but they do not. So everyone's looking for best practice. So the the challenge is going to be, can you do it long-term? Can you do it over a long period of time? Exactly. Because they've certainly nailed it in the short term. That's the point. Now it's going to be about sustainability and that that surge and that hunger to get better and better and better every year, whether people like it or not, dynasties, the the best teams in sport who can maintain consistency of performance over a long period of time, have that same strive and hunger irrespective of the result. The challenge for Penrith is going to be winning and still maintaining that level of hunger yeah, and that level of prof not not so much professionalism, but just that will to be at that high level, year after year after year after year. I think more from a recruitment perspective, retention perspective, admin perspective. Players come and go, but you know how you operate from an admin perspective, a recruitment perspective, salary cap perspective, pathways perspective. They're all the little things that give you the product, the final product, which is quality NRL players, which is what we're seeing at Penrith at the moment, the challenge is going to keep that conveyor belt and keep it churning over and having the motivation and the will and the the push and the drive and just all the work that has to go in to make that happen.
0: And like we said, they've obviously made... Because I
1: was there when it was shot and, you know, when I left, it, was, it had turned completely around. You know, we'd won... At that point, we hadn't won an NRL competition, but we'd won New South Wales Cup and 20s and mats and ball, and the club was going okay in the in the juniors. But you're now seeing a lot of those guys through playing first grade, and you know they're going to go. Well, they're a dollar what thirty five favourites to win back to back premierships. So,
0: mm. well, my period mm. sort of there was when it was all going off the rails because we our age group won Harold Mats dominantly. And then by the time we got to sort of a 20s age group, they had one of the biggest squads. They had no one signed and more than half of them weren't locals. And all of us were like, what the fuck's going on? Blokes were going to Para and the Sharks and all over the joint. And it really got off the rails. But obviously after that few years where they built things back up and got on track, it was a 2013 or 14, they won their first NYC, then 15, and then they were sort of always around the money. And now we've just seen it flow through I all think grades. they won
1: their first NYC a little bit earlier than that.
0: As it should be. Um, and then, like you say again this year, like we said, they've won ball, flag, cup, and it's just more important that I guess, especially those flag and ball kids come through because cup, no offense, there's a couple of guys there that are veterans or some fringes or some good kids there, but particularly you want to be converting from your SJ and your flag guys to make sure that those guys are up playing cup within the next year or two and pushing for NRL spots because mm. your eyes and and all that are very, very good to have in your squad. But what you're converting, much like the success they have now, I think there's nine juniors in the NRL side this week. Yeah, And they had more, obviously, before the last two years where they've slowly had a couple of guys get signed or taken away. But if they're always pushing local juniors through it at a better price where you can hold them for a year or two before you really have to pay them and be able to cherry-pick every now and then, like a Coruscant or like someone like that in a need position, you're always going to be doing very well. Yeah. If you've got to go out like they did when they neglected it for a while and buy everybody, then you're going to struggle. But if you can produce internally to a point where, like we've seen this year, you have a kick out, walk in and say, I've been offered $900,000 and you're like, well, we've got A, B, C, D, E in the pathway right now that are already within 12 months, 18 months, two years at a fraction of the price. Okay, you you should get it. Yeah, but it offsets
1: salary cap pressure. Yeah, knowing. But a lot of teams will do it for a mini cycle and then they'll get chewed because they'll have to go and overpay someone and that's how they get their cap out of order. So that's Mm. my point, that you need to... To have long term success, you need to make sure that you're churning out NRL players as quickly as you were when you had none.
0: Yeah, and you've got to prioritize. Now, when you've got them,
1: the challenge is not to just be completely enamoured by the NRL. It's to be still doing the same amount of work with your yeah. mats and and kids because they don't they don't just come they don't just flow through. No, even from flag, you watch that flag game and then watch an NRL game. Oh, the difference is massive.
0: Defensively, it doesn't just the game mean is that screams. they're going to
1: just because they win a flag comp or win a New South Wales Cup comp that they're going to play NRL. That's not how it works. No, they need not. to be coached. So, and that's that's something that Penrith have done really, really well for the last decade. And the I, challenge is going to be doing it year after year after year.
0: I think you've seen it again, and the reason why I think they win like that: half that team have already played Cup, so the fact they're is when they get through that, I think Penrith do a better job at trying to push that progression. Not overdo it, but they're really trying to see early. Who's got the right stuff, or who's? Well, you look at this South Wales
1: Cup now isn't an old man's game. It's, no, it's 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 a young man's game. The best and young it's
0: players go straight to cup.
1: Essentially, if you're good enough, if you're dominating in flag or ball, they put you in cup.
0: Yeah.
1: So and we'll and look, and the the look to, to Phil Gould's credit, he he did that very early on, in his tenure at Penrith. I remember with that well those 20s unbelievable twenties team. They put no, half yeah, of
0: well, them up two years in a row.
1: Well, we got told. Look, you know we're we're not gonna. Try and win cup. uh try and win twenties. We're trying to win cup. It was only uh, the year that we won it when cup sort of fell away, and it was pretty clear that they weren't going to win it. Gus actually said, "We're gonna, we're gonna try and win twenties because we can't win cup."
0: Well, won't so the twice. priority
1: was always to to win the highest level of competition that you can, mm. and to have the players playing at the highest level of competition that they are capable. Yeah, but even which was a credit
0: to this year. The Puru twins, Mav, like a lot of those guys, played ten plus games of New South Wales Cup, mm. and then at the right time. of obviously, that was
1: a lot of that had to do with resting as well. And yeah, that...
0: I get that, but my point is they've also given them a taste already, so they're they're further along than your general eighteen year old. And their eighteen kids going straight to flag and playing half a year in key positions and start like they are very very good at accelerating development and realizing. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's been happening for ten years. When it's not working, and um, yeah, they're in a hell of a position. But wrapping that one up. Like I said, I, I thought their bench was a real difference. Arpy and Lenu were huge points of difference when they got on the field. Uh, Dylan Edwards was fucking incredible, as he always has been. He's just That bloke just doesn't look tired. He never looks tired. Toto, um I thought he had a...
1: I thought Edwards was the best player on the field by a mile.
0: Yeah, well, when I was listening to Fox and they said Nath was the man of the match, I was like, well, that surprised me because he had a few ordinary kicks early on and Made a couple of mistakes. He was better in the second half. But yeah, and, I don't think I
1: don't even think you need to compare. I just... Dylan nah, Edwards, to me, was the best player. It was the old easy bottom bottom argument,
0: off. though, about, ah, oh, the halfback and what, well, fuck.
1: Yeah, well, they're not watching it It's the
0: easiest way to pick it, but, yeah. He was better in the second half. Tyler was outstanding as well. Fish and Laoda did a good job, and yo, come to the full, a bit more the same. And Kikau, um his intent was incredible. He was fucking just ironing blokes out. And yeah. He was really, really good, but for South, Murray led from the front, like I said, a lot of those other guys there, but... Uh, yeah, then we move on now. We've got first versus fourth, a repeat of the Battle of the West. It's going to be huge interest. I think the tickets have sold very fucking quickly on all releases so far.
1: don't know. We've got ours, so we don't have to worry. Uh, we're
0: members. I know a few mm. mates today that were para fans that missed out. There you go. Ouch.
1: So, <clears throat> yep. I think they go on sale general public tomorrow. Well, I told to them, all them the other day
0: when that first lot was still out. Well, the games were going, like, just buy. They were there. And mm. a few of them waited, and it went down to singles. So, I think they've sold very easily. Yeah, but we last saw chance it. in the morning. We saw it in 9 When Parramatta went on that run, Like we were at a home game with your mate at the time and they played the Tigers. And were, I think they'd lost multiple games in a row. There was barely 5,000 people at Parramatta Stadium. Yeah. Come grand final day, there was 80,000 gold jerseys and there was a handful of purple ones. There's plenty of fans for both sides here. Mm. So I think it'll be a very, very good crowd. Hopefully a bit of a 50-50 split and hopefully a good game to reflect on that as well. But I'm really looking forward to it. we obviously... Last year, we denied for the first time a grand final due to circumstances out of our control, but I couldn't think of a better reintroduction to a grand final after two years of COVID. Mm. Um, The Storm Panthers one was sort of a bit of a non-event. I was very happy with the result, but half-time that game was pretty much done, and it was half a crowd. Mm. This crowd should be very hostile, and I'm I'm extremely excited for this weekend. I'm counting down the days. I really am. But moving on from those two, uh, review of the season's. For these two teams. If I could find the page. We'll start off with the Cowboys who finished third in the regular season, fourth after being beaten on the weekend. <laughs> their over under was seven and a half. I had the over, you had the under. Um, players used, though, one of the better in that regard, considering their representation, because injury wise they were pretty well off. They only used 25 players, 17 wins, seven losses, fourth in attack, second defensively, and their away record was eight and four. Which, as I said again, obviously a real That's key huge, point. Yeah. But led by Payton, after a tough year last year, there was questions around him and Tamalola. There was questions around the purchases of Townsend, Hiku, what Holmes could do. Um, you know why they bought did, and but you look at it, every box that was ticked was a winner. Chad Townsend, as we talked about, turned out being the perfect buy for that team. Sort of pulled all of it together. Um, they went to a lot of old school training, he said, and just hardened up and got fitter and worked on defense and got the reps in there. And that certainly paid off. Tamalolo was back to being his best homes in his center position. I think was close to the best center in the competition and showed that quality. Hiku was great. And then the overall growth in other players, like Drinkwater didn't start the season in there. Now he's got an extension and turned out to be a key piece of their spine. Robson went to another level, did and was fucking outstanding. in his origin game, he was great. Cotter to move from Hooker after the injuries he's had into the front row role and do what he did. Um, you know, Tualagi, Gilbert, McLean might have had his best years. And then you throw on the kids like Lukey, Nenei, and Griffin Name at the back end. Um, it was just positives all around for them from the mm. in terms of results, growth,
1: Well, just development. Squad, they all
0: developed. Yeah, development, leadership. Well and,
1: ahead of when we thought they would yeah. and played... More than competent first grade on a consistent basis. Oh, 100%. They to where, where they were.
0: So and could have easily won the prelim. Of that projection, you're sitting there now going, not only did they well, play...
1: The difference is now is that everyone's going to have yeah, a look at the expectation. over the offseason. Yeah, right, expectation and people are going to know what's coming.
0: The huge upside for them though, I guess, is you're further ahead than what you think and similar to a at the other year, except they didn't get to a grand final. You're young. You've got everybody there. There's not much heading <laughs> out the door. I think the only thing they haven't sorted out here is Jordan McLean, but I I think if he thinks someone's going to pay him big money, he's probably sadly mistaken. I'd be staying right where he is and taking a bit of a haircut to be a part of that team. Other than that, the only person leaving is Gilbert. They've just won the flag comp for the second time in a row with 11 contracted kids. A handful of those just pushed in. Um, They're in a great position for off contracts moving forward. Um, Next year, there's a couple of guys that that are off, but they've got, like I said, centers, halves, fullbacks, forwards, wingers. They've got a great group coming through and the window well and truly is opening so if we see a bit more in particular from Did and Robson and those sort of guys again led well, by didn't those did
1: they lose that young gun halfback
0: Duffy might be going to the dogs but they've got as big a on Tom Chester and mm. Jake Burke so they've got three of them <laughs> so yeah if Chad Townsend goes in a year or two, that they get doesn't getting... mean
1: that three of them are going to be first grade. No, I'm
0: not saying that, but it's so pretty. It's pretty
1: try and keep the one that you think is going to be.
0: Well, Tom Chester's the yeah. one they pushed up first, who was a half and turned him into a fullback, so they're obviously keen on him. Yeah. So I'm just saying, it's not a bad problem to have when I, you've got I three agree kids. With that,
1: but look at how many they've let walk previously. But
0: Dearden's also twenty. They've
1: turned into international players that they've let go. Hmm.
0: Well, Dearden's only twenty twenty one, so he's obviously not going. Oh, I hundred percent. But they're going to groom at yeah. air for Chad. Um, you know, that's
1: probably the one I look at and go, people. That that's going to be the difference between them being an okay team, like a top eight team, and winning a comp. Mm, they well, need to they need to nail whoever that half's going to be. If they can't win one with Chad in the next year or two, they're going to need to nail that position.
0: Mm, Hiku, you know, someone to replace him. Do they keep Hammer around? He wants to play fullback. I think he's off next year. I'd be happy with Drinkwater. I think he's got more strings to his way, bow. Way better player, I think. I think drink uh, Hamiso, for me, is a center or a full, uh, winger. He's not a full bat. I don't think he's got... I'd be
1: grooming him to play on the wing.
0: So if he accepts that, if not again, like I said, they've got guys pushing through in both those positions. Um, yeah, so they've got natural cover for a lot. I think the only one they've probably got a question on right now is Robson's going to go to November 1 and hit the market and see what happens. That's probably the one position right now they don't have... They
1: need to keep him.
0: So, mm. um, in terms of those guys coming through, I think the nine was contracted. I didn't see enough of him. But Hooker is certainly a position that there's not a lot of guys coming through. No. So, I think that's one they'll definitely look to make sure they sort out. There's
1: a few good ones running around in the New South Wales Cup.
0: But, yeah, it's, mm. it's very nice, like I said, to go have a brilliant year, have everyone play that well. Scary to think what Nenoy could be, as we said, going through COVID, playing basically no junior football, to playing Origin, and he'll probably be picked for Australia. Yeah. If he doesn't declare for Samoa, um, to think where he's going to be again in another 12, 18 months once he, he's learned a bit more about first grade, with his natural ability right now is fucking incredible. I think Luki is outstanding too. That ACL obviously hurts. Yeah, we
1: use those superlatives a lot, like incredible, outstanding. Well, yeah, okay. Let's just see to him, see where they're. Let's at. see him back it up next year.
0: Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm excited. A lot of those.
1: A lot of those players because they. Certainly overachieved this year, and they had a, a really, really good season. Mm. So the, the challenge again now is going to be doing it consistently. Mm.
0: The other losses came Bradley. They didn't use him. Um, and Emre Pere has been there for a while. They didn't use him either. So, um, yeah, like we said, Lukey, blay will be better. Condon didn't get to play much after getting a few. And those other guys that we talked about, Eleven pushing through, a lot of those guys played cup at the back end of the year. They'll play more cup now. So, yeah. They're in a great position. Let's see what happens in terms of what's coming in. Um I don't actually think they gained anything. Because realistically, with what they've pushed through and tying up some contracts, you don't really need to. The only one so far was one of the kids they upgraded, and Gilbert obviously was outstanding, heads out the door, but with what they have there again, they've got natural cover for that. So um you're very interested to see them in twenty twenty three. And again, I guess similar deal, being healthy all year, see how they go if they get tested a bit with more rep games and any injuries. How that affects them. Because they certainly handle it very also well like Also, if they're
1: all going to the World Cup, get a short pre-season. Uh, they, had a heavier,
0: that they had a heavier toll than what people probably realise. Like by the end of Origin, they had multiple guys in camp. They had almost 10 called in at one stage, yeah. six or seven played, so yeah. they handled that pretty well. That's
1: part of that's part of winning.
0: I know, but I'm just <laughs> saying they handle it very well. The other question is locking in their coach. He's got one year left. There's talk, he'll get a three-year extension. We're saying he's
1: not going anywhere.
0: That needs to be sorted out. So you, you'd assume they'd get a two- or three-year extension done to keep building on what they're doing. Yeah. So if you're a Cowboys fan right now... They're in a good spot. You'd be very very excited and hope that more guys push through and they make good decisions um, and hopefully you see some growth again next year. Yeah. So moving on from them, South Sydney finished seventh in the regular season, third after the finals, over under 14 and a half. We both went under. That was bang on. It was 14. Uh, They used 32 players as well. They had a pretty bad year with injuries. uh, 14 wins, 10 losses. Sixth in attack, seventh in defence. Their away record wasn't that great, five and seven. But like we said before, um it was a hard start of the year. No Latrell, new halves pairing, you know, you had Sewer and that guard as well as Reynolds. They had to sort of fill some gaps in. Like Latrell missed ten games. Cam Murray started the year injured and then had a surgery, then went to origin. They had their middles sort of roll a little bit and start slow. They had three or four guys play center. Between their outside-back combinations, like, dear Lord, between center and wing, Paulo, Milne, Kenner, Isaac Thompson played, Mansour played, Jed, Tass, it, it sort of took a bit of a rotation before things settled down. But when they got things right, once Elias played some games with Cody and started to take a bit more control, and they obviously got Cook going a bit better, and Latrell stabilizing at the back. I thought a couple of those guys, especially Murray out of origin, um, him and Kyle Matungi for me were the real... Sort of standout points, and then Burgess and Arrow really grew a leg at the back end of the year and carried sort of that back road. But I
1: thought it was Murray and Latrell at the back end of the year. Big Influence Murray had he started the ball play, run more. He yeah played a really really nice tempo, good footwork, and then Latrell. When he flicks a switch, he's yeah probably the best player in the game in terms of impact that he can have, from play to play. Like just just within one play, he's the most brilliant and damaging athlete I think we've got in the game. I know we've got you know Tedesco and Edwards and but they're guys that do it nonstop. Non, like their motors are incredible. Mm. What Latrell can give you in short bursts is yeah, as, as good as anyone in the game. I think that's that's sort of the next step. I think for Latrell is how do you have that same impact. And increase your volume within a game. That, that's that got to be... Yeah. And a lot of people were criticising him out of the weekend, just like they did post the Roosters game, the last game of the regular season. But when Souths get beat in the middle and you allow halves to kick into a corner, it doesn't matter which fullback it is. No. They're going to have a really, really hard time having an impact on the game. I, I could see some of the criticism in and around he didn't inject himself a lot Throughout the game, I think a lot of that was because Penrith took a lot of juice out of him, just putting him in a corner and bashing, bashing him. And I, I still think he
0: and, could do a better job in his cleanup work in the back. Though he, well, that's
1: more to the point. Than very my original much, point. Yeah. the original point that that takes capacity. Hmm. You can't just do that. You can't just flick your fingers and do that. You need to be doing it all year. And I think you know he he didn't have a consistent year in terms of. Week-to-week football.
0: No, nah, so he needs uh, a big off-season. Big off-season. And then hamstring. if he stays fit, mm. my lord. Oh, it's incredible. Like I said, they generated...
1: Same as Cam Murray. Cam like Murray didn't have a very fluent season. No, he had two he, he had his. He had his... Put his best football together at the back end. Of the year. Him him, and Latrell did. And it, there's no surprise that, that that propelled him...
0: Yeah, well, I think, again, all... Into of the top Tom, four. Tom's back end was huge. Arrow's back end was... Pretty impressive, I thought. Uh, he's been a bit underwhelming yeah, for no. me, but he really lifted. Like I still Ta-
1: thought a lot of those guys are still inconsistent. I
0: thought, you know, Tass did a really good job. Havili, Selly, they got a lot out of yeah. those sort of guys to get where they got to.
1: You don't uh, have Murray and Latrell, you, you don't get anywhere. I thought Ilias improved every week. His kicking game improved every week. He's still learning in first grade. and um, But I thought there was some, particularly, there were some periods out of the weekend against Penrith. Where he really polished their sets off well in the first half, it's again, it's just going to be building that volume. You need to be able to do it for 80. Uh, and our elite halfbacks in the game can do it for 80, but it doesn't happen overnight. And yeah, I think they're certainly on the right track with him. I think his defense has improved as well. And as his body develops and he. Um, yeah, probably puts a little bit more weight on over the preseason. He's he's going to develop into a, a really, really nice NRL halfback, I think.
0: Mm. Well, I think another big point for me at the end, they ran out of middles, but I thought they were short from the start. Well, they were. Um,
1: we said that in our preview for the season.
0: You know, they, they sort of covered up the outside back thing. I thought Tash did a really good job. Campbell Graham, I thought, was outstanding. And the, the way he come on with his injuries.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I, Campbell Graham, I, I can take him or leave him.
0: Well, I don't. I take him over a lot of centers. I
1: wouldn't. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a great love for him. Not not yeah. personally. Just with his footy, it comes up with errors and.
0: Yeah, well, that's like mm-hmm. me with people who love Johnston scoring tries, and I think he does nothing in yardage. No, and I think help a lot of I don't, I don't like, think
1: I think when you when you're talking about their middle, a lot of that could be offset by work rate from their outside backs. I think just don't he does work, it.
0: work, But I think yeah. they don't yeah. get enough out of other guys. Like I think Johnston contributes zero on that one. I think Milne well, helps yeah. there, but Milne needs to clean up his discipline. But
1: Milne also isn't an OB; like he's not a traditional OB. Well, he
0: was. He come through as a junior keyway yeah. centre wing, but he winner, hasn't. He he's he's was playing back row him.
1: for most of no, the year in his first cup. Only one year, they
0: moved in there. He's yeah. played all his career, but in... it
1: tells you what they think of him from an OB perspective. They thought he was going to be an OB in first grade. They'd be playing in there in cup, and they weren't. Probably, probably because they can identify that they need forwards. Well,
0: that and was, they're trying well, that to that was those, those he, they used him in, so. as a back row. Let's just see. But
1: yeah. well, go and look at the team list. Like he played against us in the back row. The three or four weeks before that, he was playing in the back row. That was the back end of this year.
0: Yeah, well, he's definitely physical enough. But I think he's. Definitely and then they got go the and skills. play him in
1: first grade. So I think Isaac Thompson's going to be the one that will fill that role, hopefully, as a, as a physical yardage carry. Mm.
0: Well, they extended. term
1: OB for them.
0: They locked in Tass, Milne, and Thompson all through 2024. So they're obviously happy with what they've got yeah. there. At a discounted price because, again, big thing for them was salary cap. They loaded up on a few of those guys.
1: Milnes Milnes is just discipline.
0: That's simple. Very simple. Discipline is his key issue. Mm. Um, In terms of what they're going to lose, Paulo, I think, was linked to the Roosters. Mansour's off contract. That one's not a big loss. And I think, said this this year, that a lot of guys they were keen on who they didn't end up calling up, I think they were happy they didn't have to call them in the end. But um, they've got a lot sort of pushing through in particular – in the outside backs. They've also got a very good young middle who like extended again. Talis Duncan, who they got from the Roosters, is a, a lock back rower. He signed until 2024 and I think he might have even extended further. But, um, you know, Josiah Karapani was a guy who can play center wing that they're really, really keen on. Terrell callow Callo is there. A lot of these guys are locked in and they're moving into top squads. I don't even
1: think Talis Duncan was starting much for Nisa last cup.
0: I think he played half a year, but he's still in 19, so... Mm. Um, but they've got big wraps on him, obviously, and they've contracted him all the way through to 2025. So, um, yeah, they've got a good
1: a big investment,
0: good sort of group. And Ben Lovett was a guy who played a lot of cup at the back end who's a back rower. but I think for them, they need to hit the market. What's leaving? Nichols is leaving. Nick Arima is only half a season, but they're short in the middle. As soon as Tom Burgess or someone gets injured, they're short there. Um, I thought they overachieved with the middle they sort of had. And I don't really like Arrow playing in that edge sort of spot. I prefer him as a middle. Mm. Um, so, in terms of what they do there, you know, they, they look like they wanted to use host at the start of the year, but he was injured. But similar to you. You, you need somebody to probably come into your forward pack and provide a bit of value with the salary cap with what they've got, whether they can find that on the market. There's a couple of big names who are off who can't find a club at the moment who are pretty cheap. I don't know what sort of room they have, but you know, I don't know if they'd look at someone like it's a pal or that on the cheap coming off, you know, with not much interest to stay in Sydney and try and get him for a bit less to sort of add to the middle. Yep. He's been linked to a few clubs. Parramatta sniffed around. Newcastle sniffed around. There's a, there's a fair bit of interest. But, yeah, I think there's a, a handful of guys there. That's certainly an area that they need to address um, in terms of what is probably there and off contract. But, yeah, you look around. Between Kalam Murray, Latrell, Cody, Cook, Ilias' development, they've, they've certainly got some good players in their squad. But as we know, when you make decisions on... Salary cap with some of those guys, uh, you sort of tie yourself up a little bit, and they filled in some holes, but need to see a bit of growth and push a few more of those kids through, I guess. Yep. But yeah, forwards, I think is definitely a spot they need to find some value. I think we said that last year though as well. Yeah, well, I I didn't think they'd make the grand final with that forward pack, but they did. Um, and again, made a prelim and Nichols is mo- they've got to a prelim and Nichols is moving on, and they're pretty much in the same spot again. So they definitely need some guys to push him.
1: Yeah, like or, or, Nichols, he he's not an exciting first grader, is he? But he just nah, gets a job. job done for That's it.
0: what I mean. They, they, you sort of need to find a way to plug it and look at it. That's the...
1: more where I'm at with Campbell Graham. Like I just, yeah, I I get it, but I, everyone's like, oh he's outstanding. I, I just I don't see it. I don't see the. Oh, I'm more saying I thought the he proved that. in that, you know, like I, I think they put him into the origin camp. I couldn't believe that they put him into origin camp. I,
0: but I'm looking at the off-contracts here, like I said, mm-hmm. about money-wise, you know.
1: But I think he's a better player than think He's a better player than... He probably gives you a little bit more than Johnson does. He's not as good a finisher as Johnson. But you need to have balance in your outside backs as well. Like, Who's giving you the yardage work? Who's doing your finishing? Who's, you know, you need to have some versatility and different strings to your bow across your your back five.
0: Mm. Well, that's why I think, yeah. <laughs>
1: particularly when you've got Johnson and Latrobe who aren't really going to work out of yardage.
0: Well, the has weeks where he wants to be physical, and there's other weeks he's more but finesse. But we're talking about long
1: term and consistently, yeah, across yeah. The type of and that's team you're With Johnston, your
0: identity—it's it's all well and good to be happy with the finishing, which is great. But you know, a lot of that happens on the inside for him to crash over. But when you're struggling to get out of the backfield consistently, and you're also lacking in your middle, um, yeah. But I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to go I, I and
1: bro- move Johnson. No,
0: I'm not saying about moving Johnston. But you need a bit more. I think Campbell. Graham, so you
1: need it. Need to get it from the other players. I think
0: Campbell Graham does try on yardage. I think. Milne tries and yardage. Thompson certainly could help in that regard, but yeah, tasks in that area, but um, that's the decision you make. But same deal being lighter on the forward pack. They're not really compensating in either area. They're a bit low on both sides of that. Mm. And that puts a lot of responsibility on guys like Murray and that to probably do more than what you want them to. Thanks, so, cool. Yeah, looking at a couple of the names mm. here, like I know Lodge is still not sober with the Roosters, but I highly doubt he's going to go there or they've got the money for him. But there's not a lot available. Most clubs have either cleaned up all their off-contracts or they've got two or three that are available. And again, they're the sort of blokes at the moment that are going to be getting training trolls or second chances. So the real big one that stands out to me, as I said, is probably Martin T'Pau, um and what they could potentially get him for. McLean at the Cowboys, like I said, I think he'll just end up staying there. Plus, he's had a pretty big year. He got put into the origin camp. Um, and then the only other real name sort of standing out more for a depth perspective, he was at South previously, he played juniors there, it was Kazuski at the Dragons. I thought he was pretty good depth. For them, I don't think they utilised him enough. I think Sias could do worse than pick up another veteran like that to put in your your top 30. He's a good player. Um, (coughs) Still not re-signed there, but again, he's not going to cost you. That's for sure.
1: He's very good in both games against us.
0: That's where you need to find value. Um, So we'll wait and see what happens there. But obviously, with a heap of kids coming through on those development contracts and signed up long-term, they need somebody else to push through. So there you go. Season reviews for both those teams are quick. Finish up on some points the Daly M Wednesday. What are you thinking? I, I think it's down to three players. Ben Hunt led at round twelve, um, uh, nineteen. Hines was on sixteen, and Tedesco I think is smoky here. He was on fourteen. But looking at the guys that were around him, Yo goes through a rest period, and Origin Moses I don't think would have pulled as much. Do you get still. points for Origin? I think that was what changed the other year. I think they do get points for Origin. I think so, will get a few for origin. I think Hunt would have got man of the match in game three.
1: And then they won. What did they win? Seven in a row or something? Yeah,
0: and that's why I was looking at this. So I did a little bit of <laughs> quick maths. Hunt, they only won five games, but he would have polled majority on the back end. He was already leading. So if he polls man of the match in origin and then four more games at three, he would lean on about 33 points. Right. Hines, they won 11 of the last 12. And he was on 16. So I, I dare say he was man of the match at least eight times. If he does that, that's 40 points. That's ridiculous. And then Teddy, like you said, seven, and then a couple of Origin games, he'd need to almost be man of the match in all of them, which I don't think he would have been. I think Manu would have stolen a few. Sam Walker. So <clears> I'm <throat> sort of sitting here thinking, by well, normal mass now, it, it seems like it's all in Hines' favour that they weren't affected by Origin. They won 11 in their last So
1: Hines are going to win the Dalian.
0: If Going off sort of what if you feel, look, I think he was one of their better players in a lot of the games. Even if he's man of the match in seven or eight of those games out of 12, that, that's, that takes him to almost 40, where he's at already. Hmm. But, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I sort of wondered before. If he's the
1: best player in the comp, he's the best player in the comp. So a
0: lot of people were wondering, like, Teddy Bear a I thought, I think, you know, their, their wins he would have got a lot, but he has more guys taking points off him. I think Hines and Hunt have less guys sort of hampering their totals, but if you went 11 of the last 12, you think he would have polled a lot.
1: How many, how many votes did Dylan Edwards poll?
0: Dylan Edwards was on 13 before they stopped Yeah, uh, round 12. Mm-hmm. And I think he basically played every game, didn't he? I think they rested him once. Yeah. They still won a lot. But so. again,
1: they would have won a lot and then and other guys take points off this. Him, thing. That's so. the and why. this is the point I'm
0: making. I, hate I that about the system. I, I think Cronulla's back end of the season and Nico being sort of there one or two every week probably leads to him. Cleaning
1: up. Appy or Dylan would win the Penrith Player of the Year, won't they? The end Dylan the
0: Edwards already won the Player of the Year. I oh, won it. Okay. He won the Move Cartwright Medal. Right. Um. I think a lot of those were already announced. I think Parramatta I haven't done theirs yet, and maybe a couple of other clubs.
1: What would you do it? What would you have your presentation before your season's over? Ah,
0: oh, some do it week one and just have the prezo and book it in. So most of them are done. That'd be
1: weird. Because what if you win the comp? You'd you'd want to have the presentation after you win the comp, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, I guess, or you can have something well, else it. Just afterwards. because the players want to, get I out think of there uh, some of them just get it over and done with, or book it in on a date, and they see what happens. Mm-hmm. So whether you're if you're out, you're out. Like the sharks waited until their season's over, and had theirs. Nicko Hines obviously won their players' play.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, as a player and a coach, I I wouldn't like to be doing an end of season presentation when your season hasn't ended. Anyway. But my maths could
0: be wrong, but I just looked at the wins on the back end and thought, well,
1: is if, there is there a market on the Dalian
0: No, there's not. For some reason, there never really is. And I think some bookies do it on the night, but not many do. I think maybe because of how hard it is to guess, they stay away from it. But this year, I sort of looked. The guys that were around... Because you can market,
1: bet on the Brownlow and all that, can't you?
0: Yeah. Well, is that because the
1: Brownlow's locked and I think you never see the points for the Brownlow? How huh? they do the yeah, whole vote?
0: They do the whole vote. So Munster was on 12. They lose a lot of games, and he was good against a few teams, but not yeah, enough. Yeah, no, he's not winning enough. Moses and Yo, I don't think, would have pulled enough. You know, Dill, I think would have had points stolen, so it was Hunt, Hines, and Teddy for me, and and that lead and those two guys being dominant in their teams, I think leads to them one of those two winning it. And but Hines, I think, has the best possible run considering they won eleven games of the last twelve, and he was only three behind at the time. So, okay. um, interesting to see about that one in the Wednesday on? Wednesday night. Wednesday night. I'm pretty sure in the RLPA awards, uh, he didn't make the team of the year. He didn't make the team the year. He years. was nominated for the player of the year.
1: But he's going to win the Dallium. But
0: he potentially won the Dallium. Time to change the voting so system. In the players' RLPA awards, Tedesco was the fullback. Tupo and Sawali were the wingers. Olam and Manu were the centres. They had Munster and Ben Hunt the halves. Fisher-Harris and T- T- Tarpani were the front row. Arpi was the hooker. The back row was Isaiah Papali. Jeremiah Nenai and Murray was the lock. Um, and the five guys nominated for the... Players Association player of the year, which is obviously voted on by the players, is Cam Munster, Ben Hunt, Nico Hines, Joseph Marno, and James Tedesco. So, yeah, he didn't get voted in his own position, but he's nominated for their players' player. Interesting. Um, and for the women's game, the Roosters dominated that. Uh, McGregor, Isabel Kelly, Semi Bremner, Kelly Joseph were all nominated, and Samama Torfa was the lone player from another club from the year, was nominated. And their rookie of the year was Gail Broughton, who was also at Mounties yep. uh, at Parramatta. So, the other one I think people were talking about, which surprised me, uh, they were talking about the, the Rookie of the Year for the NRL players. The fact that Nenai didn't qualify last year with enough games, I think he wins it hands down. Jeremiah yeah. Nenai, yeah. Queensland and what he's done this year, you'd think he'd be in. Yeah, he didn't people get, mentioned. He
1: didn't get enough ball in the weekend.
0: Sawali and a lot of other guys, I, I think Nenai is the easy pick for the rookie. But Coach was one that everyone talked about, and there's different arguments. If you're going to go off expectations and where they're at, you know, I, I could see Peyton winning it, but Ivan Cleary, to do what he's done, with the way they've managed their roster and their squad, minor premiership, grand final, third year. Well, it's got
1: to be one of those two. It can't be anyone else.
0: Oh, yeah. I thought similar. Like, great years by Fitzy and Dimitri and all those other guys, but the two best scenarios given where they're at for yeah. me is Payton and Cleary. Yeah. And I think realistically, again, that you can't save someone, oh, you had the best roster this like To win 21 games, use 32 players, manage what they have. He was
1: in hospital. They had some operations. He hasn't yeah. had an easy year of
0: them. I think, again, um, you can't knock somebody just because they're but no what the you wouldn't, you wouldn't
1: know who like you don't know we don't know who the best coach is. No. Really. But if you on, just it, you just go on results. If, if
0: you were going purely off performance zone situation, i think you'd give it to Todd Payton. Mm. If you're giving off
1: if you're going on results you get it goes Penrith. If you're going on performance above what is expectation it's, it's the Cowboys yeah. It's
0: Cowboys, yeah. Um, some mentioned after today I'm like well no that's
1: I think there's there's probably scope to have two awards. Because I, I i feel as though they they are they deserve the war the award for different reasons
0: yeah exactly and that's what I'm playing it depends how you want to look at the mm. if you're looking at it overall well 21 wins another minor premiership another grand final and what they've managed and used the most players like you know yeah but like you said the expectation is they were the favorites yeah. you look at the other one who was talked about for the spoon prelim the amount of kids they use their origin represents like it's huge it's an outstanding year yeah, um, so it's about, like yeah. who's
1: done more coaching? Depends sort of how Probably you look Payton.
0: at it. Probably Peyton. But um, and a few other quick bits to finish off because we talked about it during the week. Joe Tarpany locked in at the Raiders. They've got a four-year extension, 850000 a year. Yeah, well, I think uh, that's sort of the market for a front row, like top of the market for sure. Yeah. So for someone like Payne asked to be talking a million plus dollars, I think he needs to have Pipe a bit of reality check. Shashy. If well, he's going on to eight fifty,
1: hmm, Someone's going to pay him that then.
0: You need to stop. Uh, Joe Stimson, who got injured at the back end of the Bulldogs off contract, linked to your Titans. Great. And on the back of that, Corey Thompson retired a year early with one year to run. So he's left the Titans and finished up. So maybe a little bit of cap space there for them to use. Uh, interesting one I found, if the Tigers could stuff anything else up, New Brown obviously came in and was outstanding at the back end of the year. They've low-balled him, and now the Bulldogs are very likely to get him. So they find a positive, and they let Jacob Little go, and they're potentially going to lose him after... He was a real shining light for him. So, wow. see if they can fix that situation at the Tigers. But it's not looking good at the moment after huh. their, their first half. So, uh. yeah. Don't know how that one's going to work.
1: Only in first grade. I the longest
0: need... running fucking story of all of you, which has killed me because it's played out on 360 every week. Braith and Astor reckons they're finally going to make a decision with Melbourne uh, and Munster uh, right. by the end of next week. They played golf, they met up, he's found the way. they're going to make a decision. So, the Conf- long, longest running saga for a contract that's not going to end for another 12 months. It might finally be over. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Tyrell Sloan, uh, they were talking about him requesting a release. The Dragons said no. Well, he did, didn't he? Yep. Benny Hunt said as much that he had to wait a couple of years. He hope he wants to stay, but um, I think the coach might be gone before Tyrell's gone, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, a few other little bits to finish off. The Tigers, in some positive news, Offer Hengawi took up his option and extended for three years. Brendan Tourmouth was ex- uh, put into the top squad, young back row, New South Wales representative. Or was, was Offing Gowie? Offing Gowie. I think he'd only be 27.
1: Three year extension.
0: Played a lot of first grade. I oh, know he did. They ran last. He was their best player. And he won This year. Game. This year he was, yeah. yeah. I'd agree with that. He was outstanding. That. I'd agree with that. And he got their player yeah. of the year. Hmm. Three a deal. Uh, Tilmouth upgraded, Brendan Tilmouth, good young back row Yeah Signed a two year deal, he joins first grade next year That's and
1: That says everything that's wrong with the Tigers to me He gets a two year deal, offering go, gets a three year deal
0: And the Broncos did a bit of housekeeping after a lot of noise around them Deloise Hoita got a two year extension They ended up snagging Jock Madden from the Tigers and from Penrith grip for two years um, How
1: from Penrith grip?
0: Jock Madden was going all but done to Penrith I reckon um, well, there you go. They, they reckon, thought they, they had him they... and Hosking. It was wrong. They've got Hosking coming, but Jock Madden at the last minute went to Brisbane. So yeah. they've got him and Corey Oates. They were talking about a multi-year extension. He's extended for one year again. So I thought okay. he might have gone to Wayne and the Dolphins, but he stayed at Brisbane for one more
1: year.
0: There you go. So there you go. Bit of Love signing Daddy. news. Bit of signing news. Um, but that's everything. Run through those grand finals of all those lower grades. We've got our matchups. For this week, we've reviewed the two finals clashes from the weekend. The seasons of the two teams eliminated. Left now is uh, a huge weekend of rugby league, but the grand final, how good. Battle of the West come this Sunday. It's the Panthers up against the Eels, and the market as it stands for now with bluebet.com.au, the Penrith Panthers uh, heavy favorites, $1.36. The Eels are 3.15. The line, I think, started at 7.5. It's now at 8.5. Um, so you get a dollar ninety five minus eight and a half for the Panthers. You get a plus eight and a half a dollar eighty five for Parramatta. So obviously some Parramatta fans uh, nibbling at that one. One to twelve the Panthers are two ninety five. One to twelve four fifteen. Thirteen plus plus two forty three the Panthers eight forty for Parramatta. Um, the over under was at thirty seven half is now 38 thirty eight and a It's supposed to rain all week. I don't know what Sunday looks like, but. Again, it was supposed to run a lot last week. It didn't really. And then I guess your try scorer is no surprise. Toto and Sivo are the two short favourites. We usually like back rows in big games. So looking at the odds there. Papa Lee, Martin, those sort of guys. They're fives any time. But looking at first try scorer, Kikiao would be the favourite back row at $15. Oh, yeah. So he's sort of the one you're looking at there. and I guess our other market we generally like to look at is the uh, the Clive Churchill? No surprise that I'm sure that Nathan Cleary is going to be the heavy favourite in that one. I don't think there's a market here just yet for that, but uh, yeah, I think uh, he'll be somewhere around the three and into the twos by kickoff. I'd say that's ridiculous. I think it's uh, too short. Yeah, well, most I'm assuming someone will make an offer around that one, as it generally seems to be around the joint. But um, yeah, what well, your thoughts on the market or the line? You think it's about right? Eight and a half in their matchups. I might have one two during the year. Yeah, penrith.
1: I don't The seven and a half line I would have taken. Eight and a half's a little bit different.
0: Yeah, I, I sort um, of thought it eight, swung the market. Eight, $8. swing
1: seven minus seven and a half penrith. it was a dollar eighty five dollar ninety five, penrith, and then now that's gone up, it's flipped the other way. So the point dollar ninety five penrith dollar eighty five para.
0: Well, so look. that
1: point has actually flipped the market in terms of who's shorter. So yeah. I, I'd, I'd happily eat eight and a half Penrith at this point in time. But, yeah, see what happens as the week goes on.
0: Mm. And like I said, we'll, I, don't,
1: we'll... I don't have a really strong feeling except that I just think the best two teams are there and I just I think Penrith are just on another level if they play their best footy. So. Mm.
0: Like you said, for both teams, Opochek, obviously, uh, one that they'll look at. I don't think they'll change their bench. If they do, it'd be Makatara again for Cartwright, I don't think he's going to change his stance on Brown. He wouldn't put him in now after not playing him at all. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll stick with his young bloke, no doubt about that. Taylor May, uh, like I said, they want to make a decision early in the week. No surprise. I'm sure they just want to know, you know, if they're going to go with Staines or him. You'd assume. I well, thought Staines did his job last he'll week. He'll go
1: with May. If May's fit, May Yeah,
0: apply. obviously. But I'm saying, if they're going to make a call early, they're not going to wait and hold out, they reckon. So, I think uh, I think internally you think they'd have a pretty good idea of where he's at. Yeah. But, yeah, there we go. That wraps us up, big boy. But those odds brought to you by BlueBet.com.au. If you're going to bet with them, own, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie and as has been across the whole finals. Panthers or Eels, head-to-head, if they lead by six or more at halftime, BlueBet will pay you out as a winner up to $100. Lead by six at halftime, you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Looking forward, like I said, to the State Cup clash as well. I said it this week. I'm interested to see a market on that. Hopefully later in the week. I think Penrith will be heavy favourites in that one. Oh, well, thanks, Scoop. Thanks, Scoop. Calm, mate. Well,
1: bloody hell. Penrith will be favourites. Thanks.
0: Mm-hmm. Looking here. No, got nothing else. Any other stories? Any recommendations? Anything for the punters? I got nothing for you. You got nothing for me. No. Oh, and the last things. I guess we finished off. Tamalai, like I said, got the three weeks. Tane Milne got six. Caught that. Yeah. He was up for seven if uh, he tries to fight it. So I think that rules him out of the World Cup altogether. He was going with Fiji. He'll probably miss.
1: Oh, Tane Milne, yeah.
0: Their three yeah. pool games, maybe a quarter. So he might be able to write four off before next year.
1: Maybe five, though, over a warm up game, surely.
0: So, yeah. And then others that were over the weekend, obviously, Kikiao. Just a fine, I think that's uh, right, and Lua wasn't charged at all, which at the time, again, I didn't think much of it. He got put on report, but...
1: Who got charged? Lua got, Lua
0: got put on report for, for a high what? tackle during the game. Okay. I didn't think it was that bad, and they didn't end up him anymore for one I
1: kind of remember it. Yeah. So
0: uh, I was a bit of an arm over the top when he came across. It's Campbell Graham, no result, so... Okay. There you go. Charity count, like we said, $1,102.50. This is our last swing. Hopefully grab something for the Bears of Hope this week. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. Those final power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Sulla Centre. And uh, what are we going to do? We're going to come back on Thursday? Yeah. And do our in-depth preview? Yeah. Break down the game? Sounds good. We're going to do fan questions like we said at some point? Yeah, we
1: can do that. Squeeze them in one night or that night or something? Yeah. Whatever you want to do.
0: There you go. So for now, looks like we'll be back Thursday, but there you go. Breakdown of those games, season reviews, and a bit of Rugby League news. We'll be back Thursday for an in-depth breakdown of the NRL Grand Final between the Panthers and the Eels, and we'll chuck in some fan questions. Um, And then after that, obviously, we've got the big game on the weekend and the World Cup to follow that, which we'll have a little bit of a chat about on the back end, along with our review next week of the Grand Final and uh, wrap-up of those last two teams, obviously, featuring In the grand final, but for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league.
1: Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?